You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined once again with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is our weekly listener mail segment. We have an abundance of riches from the best part of the show, which I have always maintained is you, specifically you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening, and thanks for making this possible. Uh, we've got some... Uh, We've got some time jumps. We've got some airport stories. We've got some experts weighing in, kind of, on whether or not <laughs> lightning is sentient. So where would you guys like to begin? Ooh. I don't know. Light, sentient lightning. That was a fun conversation when that came up last time. I'd, I'd love to hear more. Very yeah, well done. All right. So today's uh, today's note comes from... Uh, an expert, I always love to hear from uh, subject matter experts, Aaron S. You write to us and say, hey, guys, I am a meteorologist, so I thought I could add a bit about cloud seeding and lightning since you touched on them in Strange News. Cloud seeding using silver oxide or any other chemical is based on providing more, quote, cloud condensation nuclei or CCN. For the rain to form, you need enough large raindrop-sized drops to form. By themselves, it is very hard for drops to grow to this size. 
However, if there are some CCN present, which can be salt, dust, etc., the water can condense onto the CCN, which allows them to grow to raindrop size more easily due to the physics of how drops form. Thus, by adding silver iodide to the atmosphere, you increase the number of CCN, which increases the number of raindrop-sized drops, which makes it more likely to rain. That's an excellent explanation, I think, here, and it mm-hmm. kind of demystifies it. Uh, but here's, the, here's where you go a little crazy with this, Aaron. Kind of, in a very factual way. Aaron mm-hmm. says, looking at lightning, I can neither confirm nor deny its sentience, especially considering that proton gradients could have been the origins of life. Way to bury the lead there. Uh, however, I can say that lightning occurs when a charge separation within clouds occurs and it descends from the clouds as multiple tendrils, which are all trying to reach the ground, with the tendril that reaches the ground first being the one in which the flow of electricity will flow through. If you then have a lightning rod or a tall object like a tree, then the lightning is more likely to reach the lightning rod before it reaches the ground and is thus more likely to strike the lightning rod rather than the ground directly, although it is still possible for the lightning to strike the ground directly. That is why we can only make it more likely for lightning to strike particular places but cannot directly control where it strikes. Yet. Uh, Yet. Yet. (laughs) Because we've got the lasers now. Oh, they're coming. So, so that, that was something that came up on the discussion, Ben, like where a lightning rod alone isn't just going to attract it enough. Like that certainly stacks the deck in your favor. But like to, to your expert's point, it could still strike the ground or a little of both, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because what Aaron's saying here is that when we are looking at lightning strikes, we're tending to focus on that one that one strike that hits makes a ground connection mm-hmm. and all the other electricity pours into that connection. Uh, but really what we're seeing is just the first past the post. But I love the explanation here and I love, I love the demystification, but I also want to know more about proton gradients origin of life. What do you guys think that even means? I don't know if he's taking it here or maybe I'm just fully off base, but I believe – well, maybe I'm just wrong with proton gradients because I was thinking it has to do with the electrical charge itself. So the energy that that is released with a lightning strike and that being one of one of the primary ways that particles, biological particles were excited enough to cause some of the changes that were required to bring about life, to, to make a mutation out of to, to make a mutation occur spontaneously, essentially, mm-hmm. that would then jumpstart life. But maybe I'm completely off base with that. I don't think you're too far off there, Matt, because I was. Uh, I want to shout out Khan Academy, which is a great yes. free way to learn stuff. So I had dug into a little bit, some of the papers that were, I'll be honest with you, Aaron, because it's my job to be honest with people. Uh, I Is it? A lot. It, it, <laughs> that's what I consider it to be. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Why am I not up to snuff? <laughs> no, no, I just, I just mean that was your part. Of, that's part of your job, I guess. That's interesting. That's a I really cool so. way to look at it. I, I mean, it should be for everybody doing the kind of stuff we do, right? Uh, we're not going to sell you bone broth. <laughs> so, Are you? Sh- I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So illumination makes us do all kinds of things that we illumination you know. global unlimited. Yeah, power. We'll give you a, a real bang up recipe for bone broth, though. You know, take bones, add salt to the water, boil the bones. Why do you need to buy the broth from someone? Make your own. Use your leftover chicken bones. Make your own bone broth. You know, the proof there is in the go. broth. So I did. I did find a, a, a pretty good explanation that hopefully will help for uh, the layman, such as myself in the crowd. So. Proton cells are powered by these things called proton gradients. Virtually all cells appear to quote unquote breathe by pumping protons. Uh, there was a molecular biologist named Leslie Orgel who said this is the single most counterintuitive idea in biology after Darwin's. And recent research shows us that proton gradients are necessary for the origin of life because of the way these uh, these gradients form and the way that they uh, interact with the cell in something called, wait for it, oxidative phosphorylation. It's our unnecessary word of the day. Go forth and try to use that casually in a conversation. Tell us how you do. <laughs> and this uh, a proton gradient is just a product of uh, it's like an imbalance. It's a product of what's called an electron transport chain. So a higher concentration of protons outside, like the little inner membrane of your mitochondria, which all, we'll all remember is the powerhouse of the cell. Uh, that is like the driving force behind what's called ATP synthesis. So without getting too much further in the weeds, just to be clear, what Aaron is saying here is that proton gradients could have been the origin of what we call life, but Aaron is not saying that proton gradients are thinking. You know what I mean? He's not saying this mm -hmm. proves that lightning is sentient. So it's it's a little bit, it would be misleading for us to say a meteorologist wrote to us and said, yeah, maybe lightning could be sentient because you're not saying that. We're not going to misconstrue it. Uh, but I, I do wish that is what you had said. Um, <laughs> I, but, I, but, it's would, not, uh, but it's not a hard no. It's not know? a hard no. Yeah. It's like I'm, it's and then the guy in Dumb and Dumber going, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just have to add in here, I'm looking at SciTable from Nature.com, and they've yeah. got an article called Why Are Cells Powered by Proton Gradients? Mm -hmm. And it's got a little piece down there uh, about why possibly this was the origin of life. And it doesn't talk about lightning in any sense in there. But uh, yeah, really, really Fascinating stuff. I want to point out this concept of the tendrils mm -hmm. uh, from what did he what did he call it? Well, he's talking about the proton gradients and charge separations within the clouds, and then they're sending down tendrils to see which one's going to hit the ground first to mm -hmm. cre like create the charge and and let it release the energy. Would you say um, they're racing? Right. I'm right? not going to stop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just well, but just that that image, I think, of a cloud's tendrils reaching down at the ground and at you if you're mm -hmm. out there, you know, standing in a field and just happen to be unlucky enough to have one of these tendrils reach down near you or to you. Um, that's an eerie, eerie image. Oof. Yeah. One thing that I realized we hadn't talked about, which your explanation inspired, Aaron, uh, was the other ways that people have consciously or maybe even unconsciously uh, modified the weather. In 2007, 
NOAA put out a paper about hurricane modification, which I, I didn't realize this, but back in 2007, Matt, to your earlier story, there was serious research on using lasers to discharge lightning and storms, and they were doing this. This was to um, dissipate a hurricane yes. or step it down before it became one. But then there were other things like pouring liquid nitrogen onto the sea because that would remove the heat energy a hurricane needs. These are things <laughs> we can do. We're just not totally sure what the other consequences will be, right? Uh, and then there's the idea of very Matrix style. This reminded me of you blacking out the sky with soot to change the air temperature, right? In the Matrix, the sky is darkened because the um, the non-organic entities are solar-powered, uh, but in, and it comes back to haunt them. Spoiler, if you haven't seen the Matrix. But uh, in this case, they're really like, the the argument is, let's just go into pollution like 100 miles an hour and then we can stop a hurricane. Yeah. Didn't we talk about, uh, but I guess that's, that would be a small isolated blocking out of the sun. I'm assuming clouds above the clouds, essentially. I guess so. I guess that's Um, what they would have to do. But uh, to our knowledge, none of these have been used or not that none of the soot stuff has been deployed yet, uh, probably because it's a very difficult thing to control, you know, in, in a globally connected weather system. It's a callback to our stratospheric aerosol injections episode. <laughs> yes, yes. One of the remaining, one of the sexiest titles in stuff they don't want you to know, <laughs> in the stuff they don't want you to know catalog. As we've said in uh, previous segments, uh, you know, we always love hearing from subject matter experts. Uh, I, you know, I personally wish more people in civilization would pay attention to the experts. So thanks for writing in, Aaron, and thank you for using critical thinking to give me just like that one little, give us that one little extra piece of maybe, 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 just maybe, uh, lightning is, is a thinking entity. I know, I know Aaron's shaking his fist at the sky saying, that's not what I said. We were, <laughs> we were fair about it. Gradients, man. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with more listener mail. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back with another listener mail. This one comes from the B-Man. That's right. You heard me. The B-Man. The uh, subject is Denver Airport Murals. Hi, guys. Uh, My name is is B-Man, and I love the show. I just started listening recently to the podcast, and I started digging into some of the conspiracies that you've been talking about, um, in addition to going down some other rabbit holes from some other shows that I got turned on to once I started kind of going down this route. So... I have one for you guys to look into. I remember just a few years ago, Jesse Ventura did a conspiracy show about Area 51, government stuff, so on and so on. But the one that really stuck out for me was the uh, were the 2012 doomsday murals painted at the Denver International Airport. I recently started to look into this myself and was hoping that you could do a bit of a rundown on it. Um, and it's something that's come up a bunch on the show. The Denver Airport. It's a weird airport. Um, everything from like the runways supposedly being shaped like swastikas or something which is absurd uh that is is how runways are shaped kind of because they have to branch out in different directions and all of that good stuff but it's the murals that really gets people kind of fascinated um and we did look into it and we've talked about it in the past but i thought we could have a little uh bring it back up again because there is some somewhat of a development in the denver airport story um the murals themselves are by an artist by the name of Leo Tanguma. And um, I misspoke in the email. 2012 is, is irrelevant. The, the, the murals went up in the 90s, in 1994. And um, there was a pretty big investment in one of the terminals there. Uh, it was like millions of dollars devoted to the Jepson Terminal. Um, and that's where you'll find a lot of these murals. And they are very striking. There's no question about it. And, and when I say striking, I mean a little disturbing even. Um, There are several of them that uh, are a little more innocuous, that are more just kind of multiculturally themed, like the idea of people from different nationalities coming together. But then there are a few that are very sinister. Like there's one where there's this kind of green clad Nazi Gestapo looking gentleman. Uh, Well, you can't really tell what gender he is uh, or it is because there's a gas mask on, but kind of like a Gestapo sort of hat uh, holding a submachine gun with a bayonet on it and swinging a saber 
Um, and then there's a pair of doves. At a dove. at the, yeah. Yeah, at the, yeah, a pair of doves <laughs> at the end of the saber. And then on the left, there is like a, a line, a very, it's very stylized, a line shrinking off into the horizon of old women clutching dead babies. Uh, to their breasts, and then so, like another little panel showing some kind of cowering uh, native-looking children, like indigenous-looking children. Um, you have another one that shows a, a dead child in a casket, uh, clutching flowers, and uh, you know, like I said, the, the, these are they're very striking. <laughs> uh, but the artist himself has been very disturbed by a lot of the conspiracy theories that have kind of surrounded these, everything from their satanic to there's some kind of ritualistic, you know, uh, something or other. Um, but the thing is, these aren't like the only murals that are in the Denver airport. It's known for its intensely uh, curated art collection, and it does exhibits, you know, in in a very it's very important part of the legacy of the Denver airport, um, starting from this 1995 renovation. And now for the 25th anniversary coming up this year, they're doing another multi-million dollar renovation, and that has led to some of these pieces being taken down. So that's there's a controversy where it's like, oh, they finally took them down because there's something afoot. There's something like creepy going on, nefarious. But it turns out that's not the case at all. They're literally just doing another uh, renovation. And you can actually go to uh, flydenver.com um, and look at, they have a whole page devoted to their art collection. And you can see which ones are in storage now due to the renovation and which ones aren't. And most of uh, the paintings by this artist are in storage. But there's another interesting development. Um, oh, another one of them is like forest fires and like jaguars escaping, you know, these blazes in the Amazon. And a lot of them are very environmentalist and, and, and what have you. But um, a new development is this. Uh, on Facebook, there was a post showing an image that's not terribly far off in style of the of the art uh, that we're describing from the Denver airport. Um, and it's it's an image uh, of a bunch of children wearing face masks, like surgical face masks that are all different flags of different countries. And someone posted this on Facebook and said, this Denver airport mural was painted in 1994. Tell me this is not weird. How far do they plan this stuff in advance? Um, so the idea that someone said that this image is one of the murals in the Denver airport and that it was predicting the pandemic. Um, if you go to Snopes or factcheck.com, you'll see that this is not the case. It's a different piece of art entirely. This is sort of in the style uh, of one of the pieces called Children of the World Dream of Peace that is at the Denver airport, but does not feature face masks. So that was the update there. Um, I'd love to just kick it around. I mean, I know there's a lot to unpack about the Denver airport and the different conspiracies that have come up over the years. Uh, it's certainly been kind of red meat for this kind of discussion. Yeah, we, we've talked about this thing several times, made a, at least one video on it, didn't we, Ben? Mm -hmm. I think there's one video. Mm -hmm. um, Got an invitation from Denver airport uh, to go visit them, which I really enjoyed if you're listening. Uh, I just, I think the the invitation was come visit and we'll give you a tour of all the areas that are usually restricted. Uh, so Kim Day, who is the CEO, uh, if you are listening, yeah, I'm totally down. Wait, they, they invited us to go mm -hmm. there or just you? Mm -hmm. No. Like, us, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, years back when you and I did that, 
the video where we you can see us talking in depth about the art um as well as the sculptures uh and the you know the that horse and so on uh what's the thing about this is that it is great for the airport it is fantastic yeah. for the airport uh the ceo i mentioned earlier kim day uh embraces these ideas they decided years ago probably not due to our show but due to things like our show they decided years ago that they're not going to fight any of this stuff they're going to have fun with it so in 2016 they did uh they did like a museum a pop-up museum uh for october they called it conspiracy month and they also had a, a conspiracy-themed costume party. What? I didn't know this at all. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And they screened Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So I think that's why they reached out to us and were like, hey, yeah, come hang out, which I think is a really smart thing to do. Um, I've always been interested in the idea of a large underground structure uh, beneath the airport, you know, right. which is like every airport has, or most major airports have a lot of extensive underground structuring. But I, I just, I just wonder what it would be. Did we ever find that out, Matt? Did we ever figure that out? Well, I mean, we never got to explore it, but we did True. find out that yes, there is a lot of uh, underground systems that are required. A lot of it's for luggage. A lot of it's for all, all you know these other things that are necessary for the facility. Um, again, that's officially, yeah, yeah, because, you know, and it's always those, those weird things because like in a lot of structures across the world that require extensive stonework, mm-hmm. the free and accepted masons were a large part of the Denver international airports construction. And, you know, if, if you're, if you feel as though the Freemasons are into or have more control, I, I would say, than they say they have, then this is one of those things that get your wheels turning. And to know that there is a time capsule that still is there, I don't think it's been moved with the renovations, but there's All right, a the still, Masonic capsule. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it, it was laid there by uh, which one? The uh, Masons Prince Hall Grand Lodge. It was set. It was set there on March 19th, 1994, and it's supposed to be opened up in 2094. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, they even, they used to, on the Den- the Fly Denver website, they used to name the contents in there, which includes uh, autographed baseball cards, I think. Mm-hmm. And coins. Oh, no, baseball, autographed baseball, coins from the Black Hawk Casino, um, all kinds of weird stuff in there. Uh, there's a copy of a lawsuit against the old Stapleton International Airport, which is just like a, <laughs> here's why we did this, I guess. I don't That'll know. matter in 2094 <laughs> when they open it, right? The, Ma- the Mason stuff is super interesting because like a lot of the messaging behind uh, Tanguma's pieces, his art pieces, do have kind of an enlightenment kind of quality to them in the same way that some of the, uh, whatever, the sayings on the Georgia Guidestones do, like, you know, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature and all that. One of the pieces um, in the collection is called In Peace and Harmony with Nature, and one half of it uh, shows children um, 
showing sadness and loss over this like burning destroyed you know wildlife and and trees and nature and the second half shows humanity kind of coming together this is this is straight from the Denver airport's website humanity coming together to rehabilitate and celebrate nature um and then there's another one called uh, Children of the World Dream of Peace that I mentioned earlier uh where it's two two paintings that have similar kind of continuity but very different realities one is a painting of a city totally de- crumbling and decay uh, and the central character is that the figure we described earlier the, the gas mask wearing kind of crazy neo nazi looking soldier with the saber and then the second painting it shows people of diverse kind of ethnic cultures celebrating what appears to be uh, the corpse of said soldier. So the artist himself, oh, uh, complete with the two doves uh, resting on the butt of the soldier's gun. So this artist, Tenguma, um, has has made it clear that he likes to teach lessons through his art and to, you know, teach the idea of diversity and of um, taking care of the earth. But I think all those ideals are very much enlightenment kind of Masonic uh, values, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, largely. Um, I, I think the the thing about the time capsule, going back to that, because uh, I don't know how much we talked about in our original episodes. I know we did spend a lot of time on the art because we did it, you know, it was a YouTube video. Uh, but the the thing about the time capsule is that it is real. It is, the, it is a Masonic contribution. Uh, so, of course, people who are already anti-Masonic are going to make these wild uh, claims about it. The thing about the underground stuff is kind of real, too. There definitely is an underground. Uh, there's 470,000 square feet of space, and there is graffiti there. But it's not like from aliens. It's the the people who are working down there are doing stuff like Smiley was here, you know what I mean? Which is very human. You look at the oldest graffiti in human history, and it's inevitably something like, you know, Big Eric was here. or yeah. Or two-hand Tim. Or that ancient order of the smiley face airport killers that we all know about. Or by in a pee stain. Could be be that. Could be that. Deep Uh, underground. Could be. And uh, this this is like, I love this stuff because I was really impressed that the airport airport management reached out to us. I thought that that spoke highly to them. And I slightly regret that we didn't we didn't end up going but uh maybe we can get there maybe we can get there post-pandemic what do you guys think i'm not quite willing to hop on a plane yet in the u.s unless i have to all right well i think it's time to take another quick break from a sponsor and then come back with one more listener mail Attention, true crime enthusiast. searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we are back. All right, everyone. We are going to take a bit of a trip through time. Maybe in time, behind, backwards in time, essentially. It's going to be exciting. Uh, (laughs) Let's jump into a message that we got from Phil. Phil D., here is what you said. So I'm writing to share with you an experience that you can share if you ever find a place to put it. You have discussed UFOs, abduction, blacking out, lost time, and many other kinds of displacement phenomena. What happened to me was a bit odd in comparison. I have lived in St. Louis, Missouri over 30 years. In this time, I have needed to drive to the other side of the state at least twice a year, often more than twice. On the afternoon of August 21st, 2003. I finished my business with Springfield, and I'm prepping for the drive east. Lunch is over, I've gassed up my truck, and I have soda for the road. You have to get ready for these things. It's three hours and 15 minutes with no stopping. Yeah, that's a side detail you should know about me. Large numbers, nerd. Numbers. You can always count on them. A zing. (laughs) I start my truck pulling out of the gas station. It's 1.07 p.m. Remember that number, everybody. 1.07 p.m. I hit the streets and steer my way on up to the I-44 eastbound. It's 1.11 p.m. Triple single-digit bonus. I slip my Bjork Greatest Hits disc in and jam on the drive home. But I run into one small issue with those plans. At 1.34 p.m., I'm turning off I-44 onto I-270 South, and Bjork is still performing. Only 23 minutes have passed. Now... Essentially, what he's what uh, Phil is saying is that this this trip that should have taken three hours and fifteen minutes 
only took 23 minutes in total somehow and this is according these this is according to the clocks that he's been monitoring the situation on um mm-hmm. and he goes on to say some are convinced i misread the time it was one it was 11 11 a.m. and misread it as 1 11 a.m. uh that you know sounds probable but let's continue he says a devout number fanatic misreading the clock twice within 5 minutes is not likely even if it was 11:11 instead of 23 minutes the time from springfield to you know where he was going to that intersection was 2 hours and 23 minutes somebody could do that in a tuned sports car but there's no way i could do it in a fully laden work truck the time mm-hmm. would uh, the time would still be 45 minutes fast Mm-hmm. Arriving 45 minutes ahead of time is one thing. Getting there two hours and 45 minutes before schedule is mind-boggling. It isn't every day that you're given time by the universe. Hmm. Instead of taking it away. Exactly. That's that's why we're bringing this up, right? Because we had just talked about experiences where people have lost time through mm-hmm. some kind of experience or abduction phenomena or you know belief that they've been abducted. So yeah, go, go ahead, Ben. What do you think? Well, I, I, the first thing I would say is, of course, thank you for writing in, Phil. As Matt said, this is something that uh, is is a bit unusual for us to hear. <laughs> what the I really thought is probably not relevant was elevation. Mm. Phil, as a uh, fan of, of numbers, you're probably already aware that time does move faster at, uh, different, at different elevations, infinitesimally faster, right? Uh, Clocks flown at 30,000 feet run faster than those left behind on the ground. And when we experience time dilation, if we're astronauts, right, we're we're exploring the universe, we come back, we're in kind of a Rip Van Winkle situation because the people we left behind have aged at Earth rate, and we have aged at space rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of sci-fi films and fiction address that. And the physics uh, there is solid as well. This has been something, the idea of time dilation and altitude has been something since uh, the days of Einstein and his predictions. But with this, I really appreciate uh, the objectivity, you know, saying that I could have misread the time once, but how likely am I to have misread it twice? The tough thing is that there's not a photograph because who who on earth or off it would take photographs of their clock every time they looked at it? That's what Apple does every time you look at your right. iOS. That's what right. they're for. So the implication is there was like some sort of blip? I don't believe well, I, there's, yeah. Well, I mean, the, theoretically, there's there are a lot of things we could discuss here. I mean, what... <laughs> What he seems to be describing is a wormhole, essentially, of time mm-hmm. that he passed through somehow and then mm-hmm. ended up on the other side or mm-hmm. fast forward somehow occurred. Um, but the the weirdest thing for me in all of the details in the story is that he had a playlist of Bjork playing. Like, Which he was music. familiar with, too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, it's a good, and, great way to mark time. In, in, it in is. Your, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're, if you, like you said, if you're familiar with an album or a set of songs and the order and everything, you you get a feel of how long it takes to get through all that stuff. And he's saying he left, and then 23 minutes later he was there. Um, I mean, unless you're pulling our leg, Phil, you experience something very weird. Yeah, I think we can at the very least uh, all agree on that. Yeah, and I would I would also say you know. 
we don't fully understand time in general. Time is relative, sure. Time is also experiential, you know, and and to a great degree, our emphasis on time and our understanding of it comes from our understanding of, you know, the culture in which we as individuals are raised. So, so there are a lot of unanswered questions, especially when we can get to the very small and very big parts of what we call reality or our neighborhood of it. Um, Phil, I, it feels like it's, uh, it, it feels like it's unfair to immediately say, you know, you just misread the time, uh, probably because of those, even putting aside your own uh, personal focus on all things numerical, it seems important to note that we made that point about the playlist being something you're probably familiar with, unless it's the first time you heard it. Uh, also, that you checked the time twice. Also, that you've this seems like a route you've driven before. You know what I mean? So you're familiar with the route as well. Um, one thing that happens a lot when people drive familiar roads and they listen to familiar songs or uh, familiar shows, maybe like this one, we're all kind of creatures of ritual, right? So we we tend to lose time, as Matt, you said, in the opposite direction, because we encounter what's called road hypnosis or Mm self-hypnosis. We're still driving carefully and we're, we're driving cogently, but unless something unusual happens, we're just kind of out of it. You know what I mean? Lower activity in some parts of our brain come to when we turn right into our drivers. Mm. Not to mention if you are listening to an album that you're intimately familiar with, uh, almost to the point of hypnosis, where it's just kind of background music, where you're not really cued in on every little change. You're just so used to it. You're just experiencing it. And it's kind of blending into the background or blending into your, you know, kind of uh, trancey road situation, which I've, I've been there back when I used to have a CD changer in my car. That's really honestly, when that happens the most is because you'd have the same five CDs in your car and you would just listen to them like on a loop and it would just become ritualized and sort of like embedded in the fabric of your whole driving experience, especially if it was a a longer drive. So yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Phil, I'm on Google maps doing a little testing here to see on uh, I-44, I believe that's the one you were mentioning. Yes, I-44 and I-270, looking at the exchange there. If you were to drive 23 minutes roughly on that road, uh, heading outward, so outbound from the exchange there, going south on I-44, it looks like maybe this is what happened. You ended up at the Pacific Palisades Conservation Area and the surrounding nature areas over there, and you ended up fishing there, and you didn't realize it. (laughs) And and, and you you just, you thought you were in Springfield, but you ended up there accidentally. Um, Shouldn't have made that wrong turn at Albuquerque. Is that a thing? (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm only joking. Yes, but I'm I'm only joking there. Um it's it's really weird to think about this, you guys. And it makes me think what you're saying there, Ben. If I put on a really familiar album and I'm on the road, it does. Especially, like you said, like uh, commutes. Feels mm-hmm. like it just occurs and it's gone. Or even podcasts sometimes, if I'm listening, maybe like you are now and on the road or something, it feels as though time has just gone by. But that goes in the other direction, though. You know what I mean? You see, that's what makes mm-hmm. this such a... 
such a such an interesting story here is because like what was happening there, Phil? Did you did you tune out to the sweet sounds <laughs> of Bjork and then just redline your truck all the way? Like did you did it just happen not to get pulled over or clocked or ever think, wow, I am ripping it with the lead foot today. Um I will say that the I, I am not surprised that the most common feedback you're getting is people saying you misread the time. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm not surprised is because that is the most mundane explanation. Mm-hmm. However, uh, and I think you're being very fair about writing that out in this in this correspondence with totally. us. Totally. Uh, however, I would say uh, that you are. Uh, I, I could see what's confusing because the details you include, you know, I keep going back to the playlist. What I would think is interesting, and this is taking a page from, from Matt's grimoire here, but what I, I think you might consider doing, uh, if you're, if you're in for an adventure is, uh, retracing the route with the same music and start at 107 PM, get, get Ooh. all the variables as close as you can and see if you can reproduce this. And then tell us what happens. What do you guys think? Yes. Is that crazy? Am I like no. demanding too much time from Phil? No, dude, he's well, got he's, to get on the highway at one eleven p.m. He's got he's got an extra two hours and forty five minutes from the universe, right? So you could probably yeah, you know, he's use gonna, the change. <laughs> well, he said he's going fishing, right? That's uh, or no, he yeah, doing business in Springfield. Uh, yep, yep. So he's got to head over to Springfield. Again, do some trout fishing. The other Springfield. Yeah, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or is this just a Simpsons joke that I'm not getting? Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this whole thing is a a Simpsons joke that I just am missing. (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps. uh, But, you know, maybe the entirety of the universe and the way we perceive it is some sort of joke. Uh, We just just don't know uh, who the joke is for. Hopefully it's for us. Hopefully we're not we're the audience of the joke and not the subject. But that's a uh, uh, <laughs> that's a question for another day. And I guess everything we know about stand up and crowd work shows us those two groups are not mutually exclusive. There you Great, go. that's where we got God as a as an insult comic. I hope that is not. And the we're case. the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, we're the punchline. Um, but yeah, drive safe, Phil. And seriously, I know it sounds like a little bit of a of a jest. But I would love to. I would love to hear back from you. I don't know if if you guys are on board with this, but I would love to hear back from Phil if he has, if he does this experiment again. You know what I mean? And try to dash cam. Yeah, dash. Oh, yeah, dash cam. But here's here's the other thing I'm thinking too, Matt. If this is a, if we learned anything about our explorations of quantum physics when we're looking at dreams, when we're looking at the passage of time then would having extra observers there, whether a dash cam or, say, another person riding shotgun, would that be too much of a monkey wrench to throw in there? I don't know. Dash cam. Good question. Yeah. Oh, a dash cam would be good. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's one of those things you see in, like, sci-fi movies where when these kind of time jumps happen on security cameras, and then all of a sudden, like, the clock on the, like, the time code jumps on the security camera, too. Mm-hmm. That would be... Uh, a trippy thing to see. If that, like in if that Contact? Happens. You guys remember right. Contact? I do Dude. remember Coster. Um There were Dude, parts that of that movie intense. I really liked. There were parts of that movie that I really liked. I agree. I thought it was a very 
Carl Sagan-y kind of uh, interesting take on all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I really quite enjoyed it. But you're right. There also are parts of it that were not as good. I just said there are parts of it that I really like. <laughs> That's fair, Ben. That's fair. <laughs> That's a nice um, cool, cool story either way and, and a fun thought experiment, which I'm always a big fan of. And maybe we have jumped ahead in time a little bit, too. Uh, The time change, just for a peek behind the curtain here, folks, the time change is still a little weird for uh, the four of us because, well, maybe not as weird for people with windows. You guys have windows in your rooms, right? Yeah, but mine are closed. And whenever I walk out of here on a day like this, when it's 630 at night, it's pitch dark outside, and I don't like it one bit. I'm always surprised when uh, codename Doc Holiday, who will like hop off camera a lot of times while we're recording. Doc, I'm always surprised when you hop on and it's like completely dark where you're recording. Uh, it lets me know about the passage of time because right now it's like when we it's like when you go see um, a late matinee movie in the theater when people used to do that, and then you would walk out. And you would think, what alien world am I in now? You know what I mean? Enveloped in darkness. That's the best. Mm. Oh, my son is excited. That means it's time for us <laughs> to say to Phil. Who else? To uh, Phil, to Aaron S, and to, to Anonymous. The, oh, it was B, B-Man. Oh, yes, name. sorry, B-Man. Long may his name reign. Actually, I really love B-Man. I think that's a cool name. Uh, yes, to you and to all of our other fellow conspiracy realists who wrote to us, who called, who uh, left a hot take on a YouTube video, uh, we can't wait to hear more from you. Uh, one, thing, one thing I would say is that we got, we, we've noticed a pattern. We're facilitating conversation and we're getting so many replies from from one of our fellow listeners to another about mm-hmm. a specific a specific thing. So uh, you know, our standardized testing episode is going to be a standalone episode, but it's probably going to have a lot of feedback from you all, from the educators who have written in, from the people who've experienced this, uh, and we want to keep it going. I just want to emphasize. Never hesitate to reach out to us with new wild stuff that you haven't heard us talk about on air before. We love it. It's it's the best thing. Uh, please send that in lieu of gifts, as they say at different monumentous occasions. It is a but, gift. Yeah. <laughs> but where do I send it? You're saying, well, if you're already on the internet, we have endeavored to make this pretty easy. Uh, just go to your Facebook, go to your Instagram, go to your Twitter. You can find us. We like to recommend, here's where it gets crazy. Uh, repeatedly, three times now, voted the best site on social media uh, by us at the at the end of this show. This is the third time we've done it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll retire undefeated from our mm. arbitrary thing. All right. Well, that's that joke. Hey, uh, where can people find us if they don't like social media? Oh, so many places. But the best thing to do is to give us a call. We have a number. Seriously, a phone number you can use. It is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. You will hear Ben. It will get crazy. Then you can leave up to a three-minute message. Uh, You know, keep it on the shorter side if you can, unless you've got a lot to say, and that's totally fine. Uh, If you keep it on the shorter side, generally it's easier to throw a clip in uh, to one of these listener mail episodes. Let us know if you don't mind us using it on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give us permission there verbally if that's cool with you. We appreciate it, and so do the lawyers. Um, 
let's see what what else uh i think that's yeah that's really great anything you want to respond to anything you want to say we're listening so please please give us a call if you don't want to do that i think you mentioned youtube earlier but definitely youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff go there uh and if you don't want to do any of that stuff we've got a great good old-fashioned email address it is conspiracy at iheartradio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.